Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 416. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hi. This week on the show, we'll be taking a look at Quentin Dupio's Mandibles, which is out now on VOD platforms. We'll also be going over some of watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be extremely helpful. Uh, the Just one bit of housekeeping here. The new Save by the 90s should be dropping later this week. So stay tuned for that. I'm looking for a Thursday. Should be out on Thursday. Okay. So stay tuned for that. I don't think I divulged the theme for this month's episode, but I'll do that now. It's cyber thrillers, yes. which is definitely a, a genre that I'm super into. So this was a pretty fun month. We did Johnny Mnemonic. We did the net. We did Time Cop with Van Damme and Ghost in the Machine, which I think Ghost in the Machine might be my favorite of of those four. I don't like the net. I've determined. So Aww. it's not a very good movie. Johnny Mnemonic's not very good either, but we, we, we discussed them all at length. So stay tuned for that. Let's go ahead and jump into our review this week. Talking about Mandibles, this is the latest from writer-director Quentin Dupio. I have a synopsis here. When simple-minded friends, Jean Gob and Manu, find a giant fly trapped in the boot of a car, they decide to train it in the hope of making a ton of cash. Uh, Kevin, we'll start it with you. What were your initial impressions of Mandibles? Uh, Pretty much exactly what I wanted. Yeah, and, it's a, uh, it's a goofball, goofball comedy. Goofball comedy. Like uh, a giant I, fly. Yeah. Giant fly uh, does not disappoint. Cute as hell. And I want him to be my buddy and my best friend. Um, I'd be concerned for your dog, though. Ye- yeah. I think they would have to be separated. Keep the fly outside or something. Not sure. Not sure about the setup, the arrangement, but I'll figure it out at some point. Uh, I will say though that I I didn't think that this is this is as strong as his his other offerings. Uh, it felt somewhat slight in some ways. The number one, it's super short, which is great. Mm-hmm. I, that's my favorite thing about Dupio is that he 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 knows what he's doing. He knows <laughs> he knows that the, these things they work well at a at a quick clip. Let's say. So he gets in, gets out. He doesn't overstay his welcome. He keeps the story, you know, pretty simple. And uh, I, I just enjoyed myself. I didn't find it, like, uproariously funny. But I, I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. I agree. It went, it went to some surprising places that I wasn't prepared for. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that this is a little bit more slight than some of his other offerings, or especially some of his later, more recent offerings. But with that being said, I think that this is he was going for something much more simple in this. Like when you see Mandibles, it feels like a almost like an 80s or it reminds me of like an 80s sitcom it, it feels like it's this kind of light just this really light 
friendship comedy. So it's it's like a cross between Dumb and Dumber and a, a parody of like an '80s sitcom. That's that's just sort of how I could best describe it. I could I could see that. Just the 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 sitcom aspect of it comes from the where they end up that house with those friends and everything like everything in that house feels so disingenuous and like slightly off kilter and just just too much too saccharine when they when they first go there i just yeah i like i just i like how they you know opportunities present themselves in the way in which these guys just try to capitalize on it to keep to keep going to keep getting to their to whatever they got to do next. <laughs> I, I I do like that. That's the first like they find the fly, and the first thing is like, oh well, we should train it and make money. Like if I were to find that giant fly in the trunk of a car, I, that's not where my head would go. Like I wouldn't be like, okay, how can I? train this thing to make some money off of it like i my i think that that would probably be pretty far down on the list of things but these guys they're hustlers like they're always looking for an angle oh yeah but they're also dumb as hell exactly so keep that in mind (laughs) as well they are definitely buffoons oh my goodness because i I love how immediately they're just like let's not do the mission where we can make uh a nice sum of money. They're just like, nope, done. Moving on. Now it's the fly. <laughs> we got to focus all of our energy and time into the fly. But I also kind of like that uh, Manu's character, played by Gregory Ludig, who I love to keep an eye out, and I like him a lot here too. But I also like that like he's on board with the, the training the fly, but he's not going to input any time or effort into it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just kind of like, let me know when the fly's ready. He, and I'm going to keep myself busy. He's like the dude. I mean, like that, that I think that his character could m- closely be associated with the dude. But again, it's much he, dumber. Yeah, much dumber. And he's, he's just one of these kind of just goes with the flow type of type of guys like when you know when they end up in this house and the the one woman mistakes him for someone else he just rolls with it and then that leads to all kinds of comedic hijinks where these people think that they're they're two completely different people i also enjoy the fact that there's a couple aspects to his personality actually there's just one is that like he doesn't know anything and his memory is absolutely terrible because even when you know he's mistaken for someone it takes him far too long to catch Mm -hmm. on and i don't know if he ever actually does fully catch on to be (laughs) honest with you because he continuously forgets throughout his time there that you know like he never he, he never fully catches on and you know and plays the situation to his benefit He's just always constantly forgetting the situation that they're currently in. And he's also just doesn't understand things like when she's, you know, bringing up their, their old, uh, uh, weed dealer and he doesn't, it's like, he's never heard of weed before. (laughs) 
And it just, that whole concept, that whole idea, everything around it just makes absolutely no sense to him. Yeah, he is a, uh, but he's not, see, the thing is though, like sometimes in movies when you have like idiot characters, they get a little grating, they get a little annoying, but I didn't find that here. I, I thought that he was just the right amount of dumb, like it didn't go too far in one direction where you're just like, oh, God, this guy is, ugh. you know, they didn't get frustrating. Yeah. At least not for me. I think the and the best reason for that, I think, that I can think of is that Dupio doesn't make that, like, the centerpiece. Like, not, you know, yeah. like, some movies you would make that, like, this is, this is the centerpiece where all the comedy is going to emanate from this stupid person. Whereas he's just kind of going with the flow. Things come up. He doesn't know. He's just existing in this world. And he just happens to not understand anything about it. Outside of friendship. That's the only thing he gets. The only concept that he has a, a, a firm grasp on. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is you might think that the fly is, is this, the actual centerpiece. But even that, I think, is... Is not really. No. I think it's. I think it's the the friendship aspect that that tends to be oh, the yeah. focus. And like large portions. I mean, after they get to this house with these people, like the fly takes a little bit of a, a back seat. Like it's always there. Like they're always like checking in on it and stuff. But a large portion of this movie is just them just deciding to live in this house and interact with these people and try to keep up this ruse of and and ha, keep the fly hidden. Yeah. Yeah, Which they're able a, to do pretty easily for them until you know something happens. Yeah. Cuz you would think going into it that okay, there's there's going to be a lot of the fly and a lot of the comedy is going to come from the fly. The training neither, it and all of yeah, that. Yeah. Neither of those things are true. Yeah. And and like you'd think that like the and, and the fly does get into some shit like the fly while they're training it and what it does like there's there's definitely some some situations that occur with the fly, but it's not it's not what you would expect it's not it's not to the level that you would expect or frequency yeah and that's Dupio again he's really good at handling absurdity and taking it to. The point that, like, after you're introduced to the fly, the fly just kind of becomes mundane, where you're just like, yeah, these guys are training on the fly. Like, that's totally normal. <laughs> There's nothing weird about this. I don't know. Like, that's not funny. It's the other stuff. Uh, it's how stupid they are. I, I, I do kind of love it. I, I, I love that. I love it when Dupio injects these things that are so incredibly absurd into his films, but never puts the focus on them. There's never a spotlight on these things where it, it's just like, Oh, well that's, oh, yeah, it's just a giant fly that they're training. Like that's mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. it's, it just is what it is. It's just part of it. Like this is just part of their plan. Like similar, similarly to them ending up at this house and living in this house with these, with these young people just the next step for me I, I always enjoy his his dialogue his dialogue is really funny to me and i just love the opening stages of this the discussion of the suitcase 
<laughs> and because like, people just can't get past like what's inside the suitcase though yep because then it got me completely invested too where i'm like yeah what what's inside the suitcase and then that whole thing is just gone like five minutes into the movie they're just like yeah. nope we're doing fly thing yeah. <laughs> it's like we did all of that setup mm-hmm. and you think that that's going to play a bigger role too i mean it comes back but it comes back later but you think that that would be like a source of conflict for them in some way, shape, or form. But, you know, Doopy always doing kind of the, the, the slight misdirect. Yeah, he, he, do, he does a good job of subverting expectations. Like, he, I mean, one thing you can always say about him is you're going to go into one of his films and not know what you're going to get out of it. Like, with Mandibles, it's easy to say like oh this is a movie about two best friends that find a giant fly and decide to train it but that's barely even scratching the surface of what's going on here and the movie's only it's an hour and 17 minutes long <laughs> like the the fly is just one small portion of it yes a very small portion but uh just to reiterate what you were saying i think that the fly the design is really good the like the yeah Oh, the, yeah. the the creature design, I guess you could call it, looks really good. The like the model working, like it, the fly looks awesome. Like it looks like a real fly. No, oh, yeah, and I think that they did a really good job with it. So props to them. Props to the prop department. I would also like to point out another aspect of this movie, which is uh, what's her name, Adele Sarchipolis. I guess. I don't know. I've never heard her name spoken aloud. But uh, that's another thing that I thoroughly enjoy about Dupio movies is he always seems to get someone that you would never otherwise see in that role. And the character that she plays here is just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, she has She's, a, like that voice modulation issue. Yes, from brain damage. And uh I, it's, for whatever reason, it just it worked for me. Yeah, just, <laughs> it, it, she's she's really funny in this. She's so fun, and what they do to her is just insane, just insane. I, yeah, see, because they didn't have real friendship. See, that's the that's the takeaway here. Mm-hmm. They had a fake friendship. It wasn't real. You didn't have the Toro. You know, you didn't have the Link. Right. That bonded you like uh, Manu and Jean. What is it? Mm-hmm. Jean Gob have man. I just and I loved the Toro thing. I don't know why. Just loved it. Oh yeah, because there wasn't any explanation because they did it from early on in the movie, and there was no explanation. And then they get asked about it, and they're just there's there's still no explanation, even though they're asked about it. Uh, or at least not really. I I, lo- I like the Toro a lot. I like how they have it for everything. Mm-hmm. There's a Toro for every situation. Everything. They say Toro <laughs> a lot in this. Throw up and the horns a lot. And even his self Toro is <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this movie. This movie's so much fun. I I just noticed that there's a a movie that uh, Adele is starring in that's coming out called Zero Fucks Given. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, she plays a young flight attendant who loses her job at a low-cost airline. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. 
All right, so let's go ahead and give Mandibles a score. Kevin, what are you going to give it out of 10? Oh, man. Uh, I give it a 7. I'm also sitting at a 7 on this one. If you're familiar with the work of Quentin Dupio, uh, I would say you know what to expect, but you really never do. I would say you you know that it's going to be, there's going to be some surprises in there and it's going to be odd, but it is very funny and uh, definitely worth a look. So and check out this, Mandibles. This is one of those rare movies where like I, I could use more. I could use the Mandibles too. I like to see what they're doing oh, now. Can you imagine where they're going to. With those empty minds. Yeah. <laughs> with with their you know their new their new stance in life i just i want to see what they do that would be that would be really fun i don't know i don't think it's i wouldn't put it past dupio to do to do like i think he would be comfortable making a sequel i don't know about for this i would love to see a sequel to this though all right let's move on and talk about some of what i'm watching uh kevin I believe it is your turn this week. Oh my goodness. Well, this, I will make it quick and it's zero movies. Oh man. Brought, yeah. Brought to you by depression. Oh yeah. So no, but mandibles helped a little bit. Gotta say. So we'll see if we bounce back. That's good. Yeah. I've been there. Unfortunately. Uh, all right. I have a few that I can discuss. Uh, the first one being blood red sky. This is directed by Peter. Thorwalt, Thorwarth, Thorwarth. One more time, please. <laughs> Peter Thorwarth. It's, it's hard to say. It's a hard say, last name to say. Try Thorwarth. it one more time. Thorwarth. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to say, but it's also fun to say. It seems like you are having fun. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is pretty fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It is on Netflix. So this is a Netflix original. Uh, it's a German film about a woman and her son who go on a a flight from, I believe it's um, somewhere in, in Germany. I can't remember where they get on the flight. And they're going to New York. And the plane gets hijacked when they're in the air. And as it turns out, the woman is a vampire. And she's going to New York to get this like treatment done for her like vampirism to try to get rid of it. Okay. So the plane gets hijacked and unfortunately her, she has like this, this like blood and also this injection that's sort of keeping her sickness, if you will, at bay. And that gets destroyed and she begins to change. And where it goes, I mean, it's uh, definitely a gory movie, but it's kind of a just a fun premise. It's not a good movie per se, but I had a good time with it. It's like, you know, uh, a good, fun B movie. Uh, the The makeup work is pretty decent. There's a little bit too much CG blood in it for my taste, but otherwise it looks pretty good the the type of vampires in this movie are more like the like monster kind that like 
more closely resemble creatures than humans. So it, it's a cool premise. You know, you have vampires loose on a plane. There's some some lots of fight scenes between vampires and then like, you know, just people getting pushed out of the plane and like people turning into vampires getting bitten. It's it's a whole thing. But it was pretty cool. Yeah, so I, I, give I, mean, it a, I give it a light recommend. Yeah, that seems like a you know a terrible place to be confronted with a vampire is on a plane. Yeah. Yep. There's not a whole lot you can do. Another movie I saw is Wrath of Man. This is the Guy Ritchie one that came out earlier this year. Uh, this is a, it's okay. Starts off really strong. There's this really great armored car heist that happens. It's the in the opening scene of the film. And the way mm-hmm. that it's shot is awesome. There's It's just a static camera inside the armored car. And mm-hmm. it doesn't leave the armored car or anything. So a lot of like the action and stuff like that, you just hear. And it's a really cool way to open the movie. Unfortunately, it just sort of goes downhill from there. This is your, this is state Jason Statham revenge movie. So the premise here is that his son gets killed in an armored car heist. And he decides that he's going to become an armored car security guy in order to track down the people who killed his son. But guess what? He's got some secrets of his own. He's got a secret life that you don't even know about. Oh, Nobody does. Damn. So it's sort of like Guy Ritchie going for a like a, a like a grittier, more serious type of movie than something like Snatch. But he also tries to keep it pretty stylized, which doesn't always work. And he does he does the same thing that he does in in um, some of his earlier films like Snatch, where like we're following Jason Statham for like 45 minutes. And then all of a sudden, bam, we're following a completely different character and their story. And then we do it again a third time. And you're just like, wait a minute, what? Like, so it's a little bit jarring how it's kind of put together Um, because you don't know like who the the killers are right but then the reveal of who the killers are is like a 25 minute act where we're just following them and their story and Jason Statham's nowhere to be found so I mean it's it's fine it's just a little jarring and like the movie itself, it, it, the dialogue wasn't for me. Like, there's just a lot of weird dialogue in here. Like, it felt like it was overwritten. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really into that either. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, visually, at least it's doing some unique things. Like, it's, it's a good looking movie, to be sure. And there's some cool action. So <sighs> I don't really recommend it but it's like kind of straight down the middle for me. Gotcha. You, you, you don't need to bother with this one. Oh. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you'd be too into it. I think you'd find it to be pretty average. One that was not average to me that I just finished this afternoon is Zola. Oh, uh, this, is, this is the new one from uh, Janiska Bravo. And I freaking loved this movie. This movie's awesome. Good this stuff. This is one of the best movies of the year, hands down for me. Uh, the if you're not familiar, 
it's based on a, a Twitter thread and it basically just re it's just an adaptation of this, uh, 148 tweet thread that, mm-hmm. uh, that this woman wrote, uh, back in, I think it was 2015 or something like that. And the way that they adapt it is really good. I mean, it's like, I don't know how they even like were able to structure it in such a way that it feels so authentic and so accurate. I mean, I'm, I don't know if they got every tweet word for word, but like most of them, they incorporated into the movie itself. And the way that they handled all of like the social media stuff and like the texting and the tweeting and Instagram and all of that, it's really good in this where it's like this kind of stylized way where the actors are like saying what they're typing out. So it's not like an on-screen display type of thing that we see a lot of. It's like actually the actors saying the tweets or the text messages or whatever they are. And that way we can kind of hear like the emotion in it. Mm. And it's, it's, a small thing, but it's very effective. And I think that that's why this movie is, is why it works so well is that there's all these like just small pieces that make up this really compelling, really entertaining story. I mean, uh, performances are great across the board. You have Taylor page who plays the lead Zola. She's great. Riley Keough is phenomenal in this. Um, and then you have, I can't remember his name. I guess I should, I should look him up. It, the dude from Succession, uh, Nicholas Braun is his name, and he plays Cousin Greg in Succession, and he plays Derek in this. He is so funny. He's such an idiot in this. Uh, it's shot on 16 millimeter, so it looks incredible. It's probably one of the best looking movies of the year to me at least because i really love 16 millimeter but it also employs a lot of like stylistic choices like there's these really cool scenes where she's like getting changed and stuff and like it's almost like this like kind of dream these like dreamlike sequences that they incorporate in it and there's a really cool thing they do later on when it deviates from the Twitter thread and switches over to a Reddit post. And what they do with that is really cool too. Uh, so I really loved it. I think it's a must see. I, I also did not read the Twitter thread going into this. So I actually didn't really know too much about like what happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you haven't already read the Twitter thread, it's probably best to see the movie first and then go back and read the the Twitter thread. But I can tell you after going back and, and checking it out after seeing this, like it's almost word for word what happens in this movie. So highly recommend Zola. This is on VOD now, so you can rent it and uh, definitely recommend that you do. Cause this is one of my uh, number one movies of the year. Certainly. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. We got Jungle Cruise. This is the Disney one. Mm. What do you think about this? No, no, yeah. thank you. I'm, I mean, it looks fun, but it also looks fairly standard. Like your kind of standard Pirates of the Caribbean 
Disney adventure movie, yeah. which, you know, we haven't had one of those, or at least I haven't seen one of those in quite a while. So I don't think that I need to see this in the theater, but you know, when it comes to Disney plus or whatever, I'll, I'll give it a look. Also, I have still water. This is the one with Matt Damon. Uh, this one's going to be a pass for me as well. Oh, Tom McCarthy did this one. Who? Huh? Who? Tom McCarthy. Tom McCarthy. Sp- the guy who did Spotlight. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it for theaters. It, it looks like The Green Knight is getting a limited release next week. Mm. This week, rather. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at what we have on VOD. On the 29th, we have The Boy Behind the Door. That's going to be on Shudder. I saw that at a film festival last year and uh, give it a light recommend resort to love. Uh, that's going to be on Netflix. It's also on the 29th. Uh, Sabaya is going to be coming out on the 30th, probably mispronouncing that. And I apologize. The exchange is coming out on the 30th. Also, I believe that's a comedy. We have Lorelei on the 30th as well. That's uh, a, uh, looks like a, a Drama with Pablo Schreiber, Pablo Schreiber and Jenna Malone. Enemies of the State is coming out on the 30th as well. This is a documentary. Uh, I saw this at, uh, oh boy, I think it was South by Southwest. or it was, a, it was a recent, fairly recent festival. And it's about a um, hacker. Yes. An alleged hacker and whistleblower. And there's like some... It's a pretty wild story. I would recommend it. It's well shot. Does he hack the world? He's like one of the supposed creators of Anonymous. Okay. But the story goes to some pretty interesting places. There's there's Hmm. some twists and turns in there along the way. Okay. Uh, Also on the 30th, we have The Last Mercenary. That's going to be on Netflix. And that's a uh, Van Damme movie not sure I, I really don't know anything about this i have not seen like seen or read anything about this it's pretty much it for vod on blu-ray this week we have the dead zone coming out from 1983 yeah love me some dead zone gotta brotherhood of the wolf is getting a new blu-ray release remember that one man yeah i was a big fan of that Back in the day. The Quiet Place Part 2 is coming out. The Bird with the Crystal Plumage is getting a 4K release. That's going to be on Arrow. You see Arrow's putting out 4K releases. Where's where's Criterion? They're lagging behind. Come on, guys. Phoning it in. Also on Arrow, we have Vengeance Trails, four classic westerns. This uh, little box set includes... Massacre Time, My Name is Pecos, Banditos, and God Said to Cain. Wow. We have The Lamp from 1987, Killer's Delight from 1978, Through the Fire from 1988, uh, Shenandoah from 1965. Do you ever notice that like with each passing month, it feels like physical releases become more and more niche? Like they're they're releasing less mainstream things and more things like you know like arrow stuff and like 
it, everything is starting to become geared more towards like collectors rather than just yeah. like general public. Yeah, because I, 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 it makes sense. It does. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that there's like there's two there's two niches with home media. There's old people who are still buying like DVDs and haven't gone digital at all. And then there's like people who are who are collectors. There's like, you know, movie movie fanatics who like to have large collections. And I think that that's why like when you go over the the releases every week, it's like 85% horror movies and like genre films mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Or, you know, it's a particular director, a particular actress, mm-hmm. something along those lines. There's always seems to be a theme mm-hmm. each week. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Treasure of the Ninja from 1987 is coming out. That's an AGFA release. And uh, City of God is getting a new Blu-ray release. Yeah, that was a man. What a great movie. And it also looks like there's a two movie pack coming out that has City of God and City of Men. Okay. Double pack. Double pack. My Left Foot from 1989 getting a new Blu-ray release. Never saw that. No, me either. Looks I just never never appealed to me. Not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. Never never really appealed to me, honestly. Uh, looks like the scary movie movies are coming out. Uh, there's like some kind of new release for those. Just like one, two, and three. Oh, Alien from L.A. from 1988 is coming out. This is a Vinegar Syndrome release. And it looks like it stars Kathy Ireland. Oh, yeah? I've heard that name in ages. I know. Wanda is a shy, plain girl with a very boring life. But her father, who's an archaeologist, when, when he disappears on an expedition, she goes out to find him and ends up in an underground world where no one believes in a surface world. What? Except for the secret police who think she and her father are spies. Oh, my God. What? Uh, yes, please. I got to add this to my watch list right now. Yeah, it's by the guy that did Cyborg and Nemesis. Oh. I liked yeah. I liked those. Nemesis was good. Well, fucking prepare yourself because I have a feeling you're gonna love Alien from LA. Hell yeah. I liked Cyborg too. Oh, he did Doll Man also, which I tried to watch once, but I was not feeling it. Oh on Tubi. Catch it's on Doll, 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 Doll Man 1991 on Tubi. Oh <laughs> Doll Man. And then there was like that crossover that they did with uh, it was like Dollman versus Demonic Toys. Anyway, what do we got on Criterions this week? We got nothing. Nothing. Hopefully, one day we'll have Dollman. To be cut. <laughs> oh boy, Dollman. All right. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your. Questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a moment, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be extremely helpful. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.